Good evening, kind friends and neighbors. This is Elder Mike Montgomery coming to you live with another edition of OBW Talks, the podcast of Old Baptist Weekly. And on the peanut gallery, we have the usual suspects. We have Elder Hugh T. Montgomery. Say hello to the people, Hugh T. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's over here to me. <laughs> and then diagonally yeah, to me yeah. is Elder Jerry Q. What does the Q stand for, Brother Jerry? I have no idea. I'm waiting on you to tell me. <laughs> Jerry Q. Anstey, say hello to our good friends and family. Oh, good friends. Hello. And then least and last, Elder <laughs> Mark Daniel Raug. What a friend <laughs> we have in Mark. And say good hello to the conference neighbors. Hello, everybody. Tonight, we are going into the third chapter of Philippians, and we're going to attempt, God being our helper, to discuss verses 1 through 11. Now, if you are any wise, familiar with Philippians, you know we're about to jump off into the deep waters, as if chapter 2 didn't have the deep waters. This is going into the Mariana Trench. You know what the Mariana Trench is? <clears throat> and all we can hope for is that we don't get the bins. <clears throat> <clears throat> but we're going to take our time. And if we have to break this up into two sessions so we don't get the bins, that's what we will do, God being yeah. uh, So we are going to uh, proceed as we do with a prayer. And uh, I'll, I'll leave prayer. I haven't led prayer in a while. I think I, I'm getting the uh, stink eye from the peanut gallery. It's your turn. And I love to pray. <clears throat> uh, and then we're going to go to Elder Jerry Q to give us his dead level, best level. Say, so, right, we pray. We're praying for you, Brother Jerry. Please don't let us down and okay. the good people back home. <clears throat> all right. Anything needs to be announced before we go any further? Anything? Anything at all? Tim, you look like you're just ready to go. <clears throat> so if you'll if you'll allow me, we'll go to Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we bow, we trust in humble submission to thy will in a way that is pleasing in thy sight, trusting that we come before thee in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is our worthiness. And we ask thee, Lord, now in, in mercy to look down upon us as we try to discuss some of thy holy word. This section of Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to see thy truth, to be able to express these things to thy praise, glory, and honor, to the furtherance of the cause of Christ, and to the edification of all that listen, whether live right now or recorded later. Lord, be with each of us as we attempt to study in our days and uh, weeks forward, looking forward as we go through Philippians. May we say that which is right and may we say it in the right way now forgive us we trust lord where we failed thee but lord just help us to do better than what we've done before and help us lord to do that which is good in thy sight in accordance with thy will we ask these things in jesus name amen amen we typically have a scripture reading but i think what we've decided is we're going to let brother jerry take the horn by the bull and go for it <laughs> Um, wonderful. Um, the level set tonight. <clears throat> I'm going to try to get after it and waste no time. I will say that um, you should be able to follow down through the verses 1 through 11. Um, I'll, I'll start at the beginning and then uh, and get down to the 11th verse. As Brother Mike said, we may, uh, we may have to break this in, in into more than one part. We'll see how the, the Lord leads. Paul starts this third chapter, and we know that divisions of Scripture are man-made, but nevertheless, Paul makes a statement right out of the gate, finally. This is a capstone thought um, that Paul is setting before us here, and it is not the last time that he uses the term in the letter. Uh, I'm not jumping ahead, but it's somewhere around chapter 4, verse 8. Um, <laughs> nevertheless... This is this is a capstone thought. This is a, a thought that Paul is is, uh, I think he's been driving to. Um, you're, we're going to be able to see, I trust, that we can look back at the previous things that Paul said in the letter that um, that definitely fit like a glove here. 
there's something very interesting that Paul does, and he does it here. He shows his transparency to the church. That is a, a beautiful thing. Paul shares vital and very personal information for the safety, geared to the safety and the edification of the church. What an example to set for the ministry uh, in the church today. And I would even go as far as to say um, all of us in the church, transparency should be the order of the day as we labor together um, in in the gospel church. Paul um, makes a statement here in this verse, and he again repeats it later in the letter, uh, but I think he's been talking about it already. In the face of trial, sorrow, uncertainty, a matter of fact, he was in prison. He says, be found rejoicing. There really is never a time in our lives, and we go through hard times in our life, but when we really um, understand it and peel it all the way back, uh, we should be the most joyful people on the face of the earth, uh, and we should be found rejoicing. Uh, Paul also issues a, a, a stern warning. Beware, beware, beware. <laughs> um, he draws a, a distinct contrast between those that he's telling uh, the church at Philippi to beware of to um, verse three. In verse two, he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. And the reason that you should beware of them is because for he says, we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So in verse two, the dogs, the evil workers, the concision, uh, they are not looking to uh, worship in the spirit. They are identified um, lock, stock, and barrel relative to the flesh. Um, you can look in the book of Galatians, all through the book of Galatians, and I'll probably refer to it a, a few times. Uh, when Paul speaks of the concision here, that he is uh, announcing a, a beware of to the church at Philippi, he is talking um, specifically relative to false teaching Judaizers that would come in among them. And false teaching as it relates to having confidence in the flesh is something that we all need to be aware of. And Paul elevates that point very clearly. Again, he says, no, we are the circumcision who worship in the spirit. And it's very important. You go to Colossians chapter two, and I'm going to call out some uh, places in scripture that hopefully you'll jot down and perhaps refer to in your own uh, private study. But uh, the Apostle Paul, again, in Colossians chapter 2, speaks of the circumcision not made with hands. And it is imperative that we understand who we are in Christ. This is a mark of identifying identification for God's people. Uh, it is a, an inward mark. It is not an outward mark. Uh, but it is a mark nonetheless, and it is a, a sure mark, if I can put it that way. Um, in moving down th- through this, verses four through six is very interesting. And Paul shares very personal information. Again, his transparency is, uh, is remarkable. He gives us his carnal resume, if I could put it that way. Um, look at what, how, how Paul words this. First of all, he says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. And then he tells why. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Now that is Paul's carnal resume. That is not Paul's spiritual resume. Paul did not have a head problem that uh, that resulted in him persecuting the church. Paul had a heart problem. And it's really important to understand the distinction between those two things. Um, Paul's personal and private interpretation of the law moved him to aggressively persecute the church. He had a zeal, but it was not a zeal in the spirit. It was in the flesh. And as it pertains to the components of the law, he was blameless. There was none his superior. 
A little bit later in this letter, I think Paul makes a, a slight glance back at this uh, carnal resume, but I'm not going to go there uh, tonight. But it's, it's important to have a healthy memory, folks. It's important. Let me just make this statement. We move into verses 7 and 8. What a difference the voice of Jesus makes. What a difference the voice of Jesus makes. Consider this. Uh, Paul says, I counted all loss for Christ. What he's saying is because of Christ, I've counted everything that I have from a carnal perspective as complete and utter loss and, and of no value. Past riches, fame, notoriety, personal gain, uh, having superior, superiority over his, his peers, they all became liabilities to him and ruin. He counted them loss. To me, that phrase really speaks of personal reconciliation. And I can't even think of reconciliation without uh, thinking about 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Um, at, at one point, the Apostle Paul there says, be ye reconciled to God. But prior to that, he tells us that we are reconciled. We are reconciled to God by Jesus Christ. So being reconciled, then the, the job that we have is to be reconciled, which is to count, to do the math, if you will. And that's why we truly should be the most joyful people on the face of this earth. When we understand that we truly are reconciled unto God through the blood of Jesus Christ, how could we not count ourselves and, and account the things that we, we look at in this life as, as useless and liabilities in comparison, in comparison to knowing Christ, to growing in Christ. Paul says, count it, count it so. He says that I may win Christ. Now listen, the Savior is not a prize to be acquired through my effort. Um, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus is our chief pursuit. And to win Christ is to, to abide in him, to be found in him, as Paul says um, in, in the next verse. To know Christ is to abide. In order to do that, we've got to deny ourselves. There's a death in that, by the way. It's to utterly deny, to disown, if you will, disown self, uh, to, to, in order to abide more thoroughly in Christ Jesus. Um, righteousness is in Christ alone. And my interpretation of law, my interpretation of righteousness, my interpretation of anything is not relevant when I compare it to the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And the Apostle Paul um, talks about, as, as he comes to the, the conclusion of what our study tonight, he makes a statement. And let me just read it, if I could, very quickly. He says, and ninth verse, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. Paul had righteousness in his own personal definition as he looked to the law in his own interpretation. But he says, but that which is through the faith of Christ. You want to know something about the faith of Christ and the functionality of it relative to justification, even while we're here? It's not by the law. It's by the faith of Christ. Go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, and you'll see clearly how Paul feels about that and what a study that, that was a number of weeks ago. The righteousness which is of God by faith. God is the only one that defines righteousness. And the sooner that we understand that and embrace it fully, um, it's going to set us at liberty uh, because we will never be able to define righteousness uh, to the satisfaction of our inward man. It's not possible to do. So Paul says then that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I may, might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. You know, the faith of, of Christ is causative. His fidelity to the promise and God's faith, his fidelity to the promise of which we are recipients of. It is causative, is it not? Well, Paul says there's a direct effect that comes from the cause. The effect is inward knowledge that deepens, the ability to grow, the ability to see more clearly. Paul says, 
I want to know more about the power of his resurrection in order that I might live an empowered life by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, this is very important to the Apostle Paul because Paul wanted his life to glorify Christ regardless of circumstance. That was his chief aim. That was uh, that was the most important thing to whether he lived, he wanted to glorify Christ. Whether he died and in his death, he wanted to glorify Christ. And what a life that is to live. Every moment of every day with, with the intent of what we say, what we think, what we do, that it would renounce to the glory, honor, praise of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You talk about the abundant life. And I believe Paul was in pursuit of it, and he certainly had it in his heart and in his mind for the church at Philippi. Listen to what he says. He says, uh, first of all, fellowship that brings alignment. Now, I want, to, I want us to understand this. I personally believe that Paul is looking back at Philippians 1 and 20. And we talked about this in great detail. Um, and, and Brother Tim, you brought it up very specifically in our conversation where he says, according to the to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always. So now also in Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That was Paul's chief aim. And he is driving at this point, I believe, right now um, in the verses we've read and in these last two. Let me make this point. And then uh, I'll give way. Paul knew he could not die the death of Jesus Christ. Paul knew he could not die a sacrificial death. It wouldn't do any good, and neither can we. It's not about uh, the, the death, the how he died, or even the how he suffered. It's the why. The why has got to be at the, the, the pinnacle of our thought, that in order that we would understand um, that Christ came to seek and save that which was lost and all how he did it. He, he condescended from glory to this low ground of, of sin and sorrow. He, he condescended even a little bit further and was born of a woman. And then he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And Paul said in the second chapter, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have that ability. It's not about the how he did it, it's it's about the why he did it. Paul says in the 12th chapter of Romans that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's a very similar word to what Paul says here in the third uh, chapter and 10th verse, being made conformable unto his death. We have the ability of transforming by the renewing of our mind. We got to think differently. And the apostle Paul is making that point right here. Now, brothers, I could say a whole lot more, but I'm going to stop right there. And I went a little bit over what I wanted to, but not too bad. Go. You did great, man. You yeah, that was, yeah, that was. Yeah, that was great. Man, you're right there, and and I'm looking at Brother Mark to get uh, get some of these things that Brother Jerry was blessed to lay out for us. He laid out a lot of things, man. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to say about no. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. He says have something to say. Right. So a couple of things. Number one, um, really enjoyed that. Enjoyed reading the level set, Brother Jerry. Enjoyed your your presentation of that. You bring out some really, really good points. I like the point um, about the I may win Christ. And you write, the Savior is not a prize to be acquired through my effort. Right? And I think verse... Um, that's in verse, uh, what, uh, eight verse nine qualifies what he means about that. I may win, win Christ. And so you take verse eight and verse nine as they just go right hand in hand. You know, there's no, there's no break there. Um, so I really like that point. It really brings to mind, um, a lot of those things that center around the faith of Christ in us and then the activation of that faith uh, in us, in um, that to win, that I may win Christ. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a thought that I had, and, and I'd uh, love to get all of your thoughts on this. It goes all the way back to verse 2 in the the, the triple beware verse. That uh, mm -hmm. I really like that, Brother Jerry. Beware, beware, <laughs> beware. 
He says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. You know, no matter if you look up on the, the, the Internet or you have books, it talks about the chronological order of the Apostle Paul's books. You get a varying <clears throat> set of opinions. Right. But in each case, the book of Galatians always comes before the book of Philippians. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting here, knowing that to the Jews, um, the Gentiles were considered the dogs. Yeah. And here he says, beware of dogs, evil <laughs> workers, and the concision. Yeah. He's not calling out Gentiles to Gentiles here. You know who the dogs are here? It's the Jews. It's the the proselyting, Judaizing Jews that were stirring up the churches of Galatia that were causing disruption to the church in Jerusalem. And Paul says, you beware of those dogs because all they're doing is they're just bow-wowing. Right, Brother Mike? That's all (laughs) they're doing. Love Brother Larry Hausenfluke. They're just bow-wowing. They're just making noise. what What a guy. What a guy. But yeah, beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. I like that, brother Jerry. That concision is a is a is a mutilation. Really, it's a it's a tearing up, and the circumcision is a cutting away. Very very different words, even though they in the English language they sound alike. So I just I'd like to get y'all's thoughts on that verse too, if you feel so inclined. But I really do think he's calling out the Judaizing Jews there. The Gentiles, he's and and he might say, Paul's like, Y'all aren't dogs, they're dogs, right? (laughs) The stigma is gone, right? Because the circumcision is is in here and um, not of the flesh. Okay, now then, (laughs) verse eight, nine, and ten the three things that Paul would do that he would know him, that he would be found in him, and that uh that he might win him. The the key to all of that is verse nine, not having mine own righteousness. He uh-huh. just gave his resume of the mind in the preceding verses to verse eight. And then he tells us what he would do with all of that. It yeah. just, it's loss. It, it is. In fact, I think Mounts uses the term. It, it had become a detriment. It was it was not just that, you know, it would if he held on to that, it would be a detriment to his mm-hmm. uh, apostleship. Yeah. It would be a detriment to his ministry right. and it would be a detriment to the churches. So he says, you know what I did with that? I threw it out on the garbage heap, you know, yep. all of that. Now, that didn't remove the things that he learned. You'll if you read Paul's letters, he leveraged his education. He leveraged his knowledge of the Jewish religion in uh, probably every one of his letters. So he's not discarding the fact that he has information and experience that would be beneficial, if anything, to show what not to do. But he's discarded the mindset. He's gotten rid of the, the thought that this is what makes me. All right? So if he's gotten rid of the thought of this is what makes me, this is what makes me who I am. And he says, I count it all but dung that I may win Christ. So then what makes Paul, Paul? Mm. What's verse nine? Not having mine own righteousness. Brother Jerry, you are so right. It's a mindset. It's a, it's a matter of the heart when he persecuted the church. And it's a matter of the heart now that he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a matter of the heart stimulated by the faith of Christ. Yeah. where our righteousness comes from. It's not yeah. ours, right? Isaiah uh-huh. clears that up real quick. Right. Uh, our righteousness is ours filthy rags. So it's not ours. It's not anything that we have. It's the Lord's righteousness. And that's key in that. That's what makes Paul, Paul. And I right. submit to, to each of you and, and those that are listening, that's what makes us, us, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. faith of Christ in us. Amen. And so that we may say, that I might win Christ. And the realization of that Christ has already been victorious and has captured me through his work on Calvary and that I'm his, and that is instilled within me and that 
I'll t- he says, and I'm that I may win Christ and be found in him. That means to experience in your heart. The definition says mine. I'm going to translate it heart. Experience in your heart an understanding of what Christ has done for you. Mm-hmm. And when, when God blesses us to do that, I know it, it's happened with me and it continues to happen with me. Everything else <laughs> All the worries, all the concerns, all of the things that I think, well, this makes a mark, you know, I've done this and I've done that and and ain't I good and all that. No, that's all just worthless, useless, because Christ is in me. Uh, The very spirit. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, (laughs) jumping to verse 10, the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 and 11 says, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, dwell in you. He's not saying it's something that's coming. He's saying if that spirit dwells in you, so that's an already indwelling spirit. It's all already the indwelling faith. It's already the indwelling work of, of God in our hearts. It says, if it dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by the same spirit that he raised Christ from the dead. So mm-hmm. it's it's all Christ. It's all Christ. Yeah. And it's all Christ in us that I may win Christ, that I may be found in Christ, that I may know him. Um, you know, this this lesson and just in those verse 9, 10, 11 is so weighty. Mm. Think of the <laughs> Apostle Paul saying this is what it's all about. It's all right? About. He begins the chapter with finally, right? I think verse 9, 10, 11 are, are the reason for the finally. And you're right. In chapter four, he says finally again. Finally again. <laughs> you know? But I think chapter verses 9, 10, 11 are the finally. This is it. This is ever. This is striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hey, this is whether I live or die, it's Christ. This right. this is um, you know, I'm 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 stuck in that strait between living and dying, but whichever it is, it's Christ. It's Christ. Yeah. It's Christ. That's yeah. all that matters. And that's all that mattered to the Apostle Paul. And he wanted the church at Philippi to have the same mindset yeah. and heart position he was in. It was everything to him. He His desire was that it would be everything to the members of the church at Philippi. Mm. I think he presented a real good argument, Brother yeah. Jerry. What do you think? <laughs> Amen. I'm going to stop. Man. I'm going to stop. What? I got to stop. That means, Elder T.M., you better get going, brother. <laughs> How are you going to latch on to that? <laughs> you just jump right in, I guess. <laughs> Do it. Jump. 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 <laughs> Both feet. You know, you know what I love about OBW Talks, at least for me in, in being blessed to join you, wonderful f- fellows, is the, the the little bitty thoughts that I have when studying these scriptures are just they just start blossoming after I hear y'all speak because it brings it just adds so much to it and and I, I thank God for that you know Philippians the book of Philippians right back at you I, brother Tim right back right, at you. right. <laughs> I, I thought of this right. uh, brother Jerry outstanding brother Mark outstanding I thought of this when you were speaking uh, brother Mark that the book of Philippians really shows us so very well that our works are not part of the equation. Right. right? Like you said, it's all about Christ. And hopefully my camera will focus here in a minute. Um, (laughs) All right. So there's so many themes. There's so many themes in this book. One of them certainly is to rejoice. Mike, Mike has mentioned that on, on the last couple of broadcasts a lot. You know, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. It, it is found nine times in the book of Philippians. And I don't think we've really, I don't know, maybe we haven't, I've forgotten. But but to kind of define, what is what does it mean to rejoice? It, it means to literally to be full of cheer. Right. To be not just cheerful, but full of cheer, calmly happy. I like that. one. Uh, it can mean uh, you be used. The word can sometimes be used as a, a salutation to farewell, uh, to be well. 
but when it comes all down to it, he's he's Paul saying, just be glad, be happy, be full of cheer, be positive, right? Rejoice. There's nothing negative uh, that comes into play when we're talking about rejoicing. Interestingly, the word rejoice shares the same root as the uh, as the word grace. They both come from the same root word, meaning favorably disposed. So to be to rejoice means to realize, be happy, be you know ecstatic, be glad that you have been favorably disposed by God's mm. grace and right. his mm-hmm. blessings. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so properly, it means to delight in God's grace. Literally, it means to experience God's favor or be conscious, be glad of for his grace. So dogs, great point, Brother Mark, and I agree 100%. He, he's turned the tables. Yeah, and now he he's, calling, he's he calling the Jews the yes. dogs. Yes. <laughs> So dogs, a stray dog in in ancient times was was disdained, right? It was they were, it was something that was looked very negatively upon. And a, a stray dog, I, I thought of this when when y'all mentioned uh, what uh, the brother said about Bowell. I, I don't remember the story. Larry Hausenflug. Larry Hausenflug. <laughs> it literally means a mooch pooch. Right? <laughs> That's what a dog is, is a mooch pooch that ran about as a scavenger. (laughs) So figuratively, when he says beware of dogs, he's saying beware of these spiritual predators feeding off of others. And that's good. That's what y'all were just saying about these uh, uh, proselyting Jews. How did you say it? Um, But you said it much better. Well, 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 I can't find where, where it says um, but so that's what they were. They were, they were, he called them dogs. All right, um, let's go to verse three and four because I love the, 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 the point that Paul makes. All right, we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, rejoice again, and have no confidence in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Those of us who are born of the Holy Spirit of God, who uh, attempt and strive to worship God in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Those of us who are rejoicing Christ Jesus, we have gotten to the point, at least even though I fall back into it, unfortunately way too many times, but but when I'm focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ, I realize I should put zero trust in myself. Right? Amen. No, no confidence, no, um, no trusting, uh, uh, the word confidence can mean to rely with inward certainty. Mm. So I'm inwardly certain that I can't trust in the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. My confidence needs to be in Christ. And that's there's that inward certainty of trusting in Christ, especially when you get to verses what, eight, uh, 9, 10, and 11. 8, 9, 10, 11. So, but then Paul says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he have whereof he might trust in the flesh, I the more. I, Paul's saying, listen, we have no reliance on the no trust in the flesh. But if a man could trust in his flesh, me more so than anyone, I, you know, mm-hmm. I really could. I, if anyone could, it would be me, Paul says. And then he gives all of his pedigree. And all of the things that Brother Jerry mentioned to us that, that, that he illustrates there. And so Paul says, if anyone could, I, I would be that one. But guess what? I don't. Mm-hmm. I do not put any trust, any reliance on all of these things of my pedigree. You know? And so the, the word confidence in verse 4 is a little bit different than the word confidence in, in verse 3. Verse 3, he really means trust. In verse 4, he's really talking about reliance. And, and this word reliance, so so I don't trust in the flesh, um, but if a man could 
trust in the flesh, then then I I could rely on the flesh. But but then the answer is I don't. I, I can't. And what I found interesting is that this persuasion, this confidence, this reliance, not the trust, but the reliance on it can be a spirit filled persuasion. As in Ephesians 3.12, where Paul says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence Mm -hmm. by the faith of him. That is a spirit filled persuasion, right? We are persuaded by the spirit Mm -hmm. that we have, that we can be bold and yeah. we have access through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. By his faith. So Paul's saying, but I don't have this spirit-filled persuasion. What Paul's saying here is unique in verse 4. Instead of a spirit-filled persuasion, it is a diluted self-persuasion. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So Paul's saying we do not put trust in the flesh. But if any man could trust in the flesh, he would be the one who actually might could do it. However, Paul realizes that if he did that, it would just be a delusional self uh, uh, self persuasion. And and I like this. This is what I've. Paul says, if I do that, it would be a self induced persuasion of delusion. Is what he's saying, right? (laughs) I would be deluding myself if I think I have anything to do with this. Amen. What what I think Paul's saying there. That's right. (laughs) So he counts all of those things as loss. I I thought about chapter two, where he says, for me to live is Christ, right? Because he counts it all loss for Christ. And then I want to talk about for uh, the the word he uses here in... um, Verse eight, right? Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the oh, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And I want, I want to, I want to try my very best to be not, you know, not to to to, to say this in a nice way. Because that is an ugly word, right? The, uh-huh. the English word that that the translators use is is an English is a is an ugly word. Most translation, most uh, versions, most uh, commentaries will will define the word dung as garbage or refuse. It's something that's good for nothing except to be discarded such as waste thrown to dogs or filthy scraps of garbage. Other versions use the word rubbish, refuse, filth, or garbage. However, I find it interesting this is the only time in the Bible, or at least in the New Testament, that this word is used. Mm-hmm. It's, it's of an uncertain uh, 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 origin, so we really don't know much about this word it is presumed to be a derivative of three words one of those words being dog and Mm -hmm. so i really like what Mm -hmm. thayer says and how he describes what the word dung is it's any refuse as in the excrement of animals Mm -hmm. okay and i'll leave it at that because it's not a pretty subject but the reason why i think that's important y'all is because the translators are properly showing forth the thought that Paul truly had about the things of his flesh. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are not just garbage, not just they're he counted them, but dumb, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a strong word, but that's exactly what Paul felt about that. And and I find that. Interesting because I, I, I find myself holding on to some of these things instead of just letting them all go. Yep. Letting, <clears throat> letting them all go. Putting it all behind me and not having any confidence in those things that I've done that my flesh has accomplished. Right. But putting it all in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So lastly, then, 
I love what you said about verses eight, nine, and ten, Brother Mark. And I I believe I heard you preach on that once and it was so good. <clears throat> but what I think Paul is saying is if you count the former things of the flesh or anything of the flesh as dumb, then that leads to the ability to win Christ, be found in Christ, and to know Christ. So we have to crucify the flesh, not rely on our flesh, not trust in our flesh, put those things behind it. So, because that's what he says. I count them but dung that I may win Christ, that I may be found in Christ, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. That is imperative, dear friends. We have that is imperative for us to grow, move forward in knowing and 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 winning Christ, being found in Christ, and and knowing Christ. I got some closing thoughts, but that's later. (laughs) Can I ask something real quick, Mike? Mike, yeah. before you jump in, can yeah. I ask something real quick? Yeah. So that's really interesting that the word confidence in verse three is is actually different than the word confidence in verse four. Mm-hmm. Confidence in verse three obviously means to trust. Uh, confidence in verse four is more geared. I think confidence in verse three is a verb. Confidence in verse four is a noun. And, and the one in verse four talks about re- rely, reliance. Would it be fair to say that... Um, whether it's others or ourselves that we take on the action of being convinced or convincing ourselves to rely on ourselves. And Paul says, that's really bad, right? (laughs) So whether it's somebody telling me something to convince me that I'm relying on my own self or whether it's me, which is usually the case (laughs) telling me, yeah, you can rely on your own self. The, the fact is that confidence in the flesh by scriptural definition is complete polar opposite yep. of reliance on the spirit hey, or reliance yeah. on faith. Right. And yep, so what good. I take away, what I take away from that, Tim, you got my leg bouncing. All right. <laughs> so what I take away from that is, is if we don't, toss that out into the dung heap. If we toss 99% of it out, you know, if we could divide it up that way and kept that 1% that we would still 100% fail to be placing our confidence in the spirit and in our faith because it's polar opposite. It's not a, you know, I do pretty good, you know, no, you got to get rid of all of it. Every last little bit is blocking. Every last little bit is turning. Every last little bit causes you to rely on yourself. It's got to all go. All things but loss. Not most, not all things. All things but loss. Tim, wow. Really opened that up for me. Thank you. You On that same note and continuing, and you're up, Mike. Uh, the truth of the matter is that I may win Christ. Christ will not cohabitate with dung. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Very That's good. Right. That's right. I heard it put this way. If you made a batch of cho- chocolate chip cookies and you went in out in the yard and picked up something that your dog left in the yard and stuck it in the batch of cookies, you've ruined the whole batch. That's right. No matter how much, even if you just put a little bit, you ruined bit. the whole, a little leaven, yeah. leaven at the that's, whole That's level. fairly <laughs> illustrative, Tim. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to be really nice and clean. And, oh, well, I guess I missed it. All right, yeah. Mike. Go ahead, brother Mike. Man, I, uh, that was fantastic, Tim. I thought the Lord really opened your... Yeah. Yeah, you're you're thinking there in in a profound way. Thank you for that. Lay, just laying it out so clear and yeah. and so so true. So uh, I get a call this afternoon from a dear friend and brother in the Lord who shall remain nameless, but Elder Jerry Q. Ancy called me <laughs> this afternoon 
And I have to say, you know, I always, always enjoy our conversations, but this one was particularly good. Mm-hmm. I thought, Brother Jerry. It was. And uh, I'm not sure how to summarize it to the point where it uh, still makes sense and is relevant, but it the phrase being made conformable to his death, that seemed to be a real key point in, in, in the things that we were discussing. And the thought came to mind is this, <clears throat> and I, I'm gonna th- I want you, brethren, to, to take this and look, see what you think. Paul's point is more than just what he hopes to gain for himself. I've been guilty of thinking that's what Paul was getting at. Here's what I hope to get through my uh, efforts to serve the Lord by working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. But it's that phrase being made conformable to his death that sticks in my mind. And it just makes that thought about Paul finding how he can get the most out of being a disciple is that's not the context. I don't think that that fits. Um, you know, nobody nobody looks forward to dying the way Jesus died. <clears throat> and Paul, we don't know how Paul actually died. Uh, secular history says he probably was beheaded in Rome during the reign of Nero. Whether or not that's true, it, it doesn't change the point that Paul's making here. And that is this. I want everything I do, everything that involves me to mean something, to matter. Like Christ did everything that he did to matter, not just for himself, but especially for others. I don't think he cared that much for himself. That may be a bad way of putting it. His whole focus was on the needs of others. And so he wanted to make everything count in his life. And that takes us back to Philippians 120, right, Brother Jerry? Right. Uh, Paul had expectations of himself. Yeah. And the basis for why he had that expectation was what he says in verse 9. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is of the faith of Jesus Christ, the righteousness, which is of God, which is, I don't know, let me make sure you're right. The righteousness which is in, ah, come on, Mike, where's the, the, but that which is found through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Uh, if that is, in both instances, the faith of Jesus Christ, and by that I mean his faithfulness, mm-hmm. then Paul just said, here is the doctrinal basis for why I feel the way I feel. Mm-hmm. If you truly understand, that we are uh, without any means of salvation except Jesus Christ humbled himself like he did and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You're not going to, you're not going to be doing what Paul is saying he wants to do. So he has a he has a, a mark before, and we'll get into that next week. But his his thing is, I want. I don't. I want everything from this point on in my life to matter. I want to get to the end of my life and say, I have finished my course. Mm-hmm. I have fought uh, a good fight. A good, good fight. I have kept the faith. Right. And what does he say after that, Brother Mark? Yeah. Henceforth. Henceforth. You know, I'm looking for that crown, yeah. but the crown yeah. comes from me not seeing what I can get out of this but what I can do to the betterment of others mm. in helping mm. others see the truth. Wow. Uh, that's, that's what it means to win Christ. I think yeah. uh, it's, it's not just merely to be in union with Christ. That's part of it. It's not merely to see that you are in union with Christ. That's part of it. Mm. It's not merely living so that you show that you're in union with Christ, but it's in the showing it for the reason why you're showing it. That's like right. you said, Brother Jerry, the why. That's right. The why. Paul was going to die the way he was going to die. He didn't know how he was going to die, 
but he wanted that death to count. He wanted that death to matter. He wanted to, he wanted to show in his death the same kind of humility that Christ showed in his death. Mm. His death is not going to save anybody's soul to heaven. But his death, he wanted his death to give people a cause for rejoicing. Because yeah. he's saying whether to, to live is Christ to die is gain. <laughs> when I die, I don't want you to be upset. I want you to be happy for me. Right. Yeah. And to see death is not a defeat, but it's a it's a victory obtained for us by Jesus Christ. Because when he died, what did he, what was the last thing he said? It is finished. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He didn't die with a whimper. He died with a shout. With a shout. A shout of victory. <clears throat> you know, when you're around people at the time of death, and we were talking about Brother James McCall. Yeah. I'm maybe so old as to mention a name. <clears throat> uh, I wasn't there, but Brother Jerry was. Mm. And what he's described to me was a man who, it was a spiritual phenomenon. It was a, it was a, powerful experience. Now imagine if we all were not so concerned about, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to be put in a position where I might have to give up my life for someone else. If we got past that and said, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I am free indeed. I'm, I am at liberty in Christ. He's, he's my all in all. If, and you, your faith is is set in the finished work of Jesus Christ. What do we usually say, Brother Mark? You want to be the happiest person. Mm. Hey, amen. Amen. I got both legs bouncing. <laughs> I'm saying this. We don't understand Paul and what he says and those glorious things to follow next week unless we understand why he's saying what he's saying. That's right. That's right, Brother Mike. He's saying, I could, I could brag all day about yeah, being a Jew. That's, yeah, that's right. I got, no, but none of you Gentiles who want to be a Jew can beat me on that one. I got you. Yeah. I even got a lot of Jews beat on that one. That's right. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. That's no, that's no slouch right there. I was circumcised on that day according to the law. I was of the strictest sect of the Jews, a Pharisee. Yeah. And the standard of, for reaching righteousness that they had in their mind, that they had on their list of 493 items that were based on the law, all those things, I not only met them, I exceeded them. Imagine that in your goal appraisal, you know, I not only met my goals, but I exceeded my goals. <laughs> you're, gonna get a, you're probably going to get a, a raise or a promotion, depending on how well you exceed. But Paul saying, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. That ain't what it's about, man. When I when Jesus Christ showed Himself to me, man, I was turned inside out. <laughs> I'm not here for me. That's what He's saying. I'm not here right. for me. Right. I want to experience. What, I want to. I want to experience what Jesus experienced in the way that Jesus experienced it, so that I show the same mind in my behavior as Christ did in those things, man. Wow, man, man, that that's what Paul's forming. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, Go ahead, preach it, Mike. Preach it, man. That's and all throughout, he's saying it, whether by life or by death, it, yeah, it doesn't true. matter. If I be sacrificed, you know, is, is what he says in chapter two. He yeah. says all of these things. I'm not looking to get out of jail. No, if that right. if that does if that furthers the cause of Christ, I'm staying. Yeah, if my death furthers the cause of Christ, praise God, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Man, if we thought like that. Oh, yep. oh my goodness. Now that's the way, that's the pathway to rejoicing. I feel yes, this. Finally, my brethren, finally, my brethren rejoice. And, and one last thing, in that very first verse, I've wondered and wondered, I think I finally, maybe the Lord's given me a little inkling of what, he, what Paul meant, to write the same things is not, uh, as he put not, it, not yeah, okay. grievous but safe. Okay, here's here's a here's a here's something for you guys to chew on. This is a great verse to prove why we need the Bible. Mm -hmm. He's saying, "Now I've told you these things, I've preached to you these things, but it's better for you that I've written them down. Mm -hmm. It's for your safety." 
I mean, you could forget how I said something. You might forget exactly what I said. But if you got this right here in front of you, you got this letter right in front, you're not a guessing no more. That's the safest way to go about yeah. finding the road to rejoicing is through yep. the saith the Lord. What do you guys think? I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, we got five minutes left. We, we need to have some closing comments. Oh, uh, yes. Who wants to lead off? <clears throat> Jerry. Man, I don't want to talk after that. <laughs> I would just as soon just say this. Philippians is so fantastic. I never realized how little I took it for granted. I was, I, I mean, how much I took it for granted. Right. Yeah. How, yeah. how little I took it seriously. Man, what a, it's yeah. as profound as Galatians and Romans, but it yeah. is more personal. Very saying, this is what I'm what I've told the Galatians, what I'm going to tell the Romans. I'm telling you, this is my life. I'm not right. just I'm not just saying to sound smart. Right. This is this is my life. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, Mark, you asked a question. <laughs> uh, you asked a question in your remarks. Um, and um, my mind immediately went to a study that we all participated in. Galatians chapter six, verses 13 and 14. <laughs> For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. That fits like hand in glove. I just like like that. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. me, You're going to be be next. So let me just make this one last (laughs) last point, if I could. In the the 11th verse, Paul says, if by any means I might attain under the resurrection of the dead. That word uh, attain uh, carries the thought of to meet against or to arrive at. And I want you to understand, Paul is not doubting the resurrection of the dead. He preached it from start to finish thoroughly. He believed it with everything in him. Uh, I believe it, it, it connects very, very. I hope it connects with what Brother Mike said because what Brother Mike said was rich and it was full of truth. Paul's chief aim through Christ, through owning Christ, through winning Christ, he could look back and at the same moment look forward. And it didn't matter to him either way as long as he was glorifying Christ. Yeah. As long as he was found glorifying Christ. When you look at Paul's language, when he talks about the resurrection, and, and, and I don't know if y'all feel this way or not, but in a lot of instances, he's almost talking like it could happen right now. Sure. sure. Right That's now. what we got to be. That's what we got to be. So that, I say, what a way to live. As though Christ could be coming back before Brother Mike yeah. ends the, the broadcast. <laughs> I want to be talking about him when he comes back. Yeah, hey, man. What that'll make you rejoice in the hard times, right there. Amen. 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 All right, go, Mark. Mark Tim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike. Oh, Mike, that was good, Mike. Mike. Yep. You know <laughs> what, did, what? did I do? <laughs> just, just like Paul refused to use his. Um, carnal resume to prop himself up you are so spot on he mm-hmm. was not using those things in verse 8 9 10 11 to prop himself up yeah. rather he was he was as paul has you know done oftentimes he used himself as the example sure but the way you phrase that is his desire to persuade them mm-hmm. to do those same things. Yeah. And, oh my goodness, <laughs> the fact that he had already said to live as Christ, to die as gain, yeah. the fact that he said, I'm in a straight betwixt two, the fact that he said, you know, that I'd be offered up on the uh, sacrifice of your prayers or however that goes, you know, he's already related that. Yeah. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about where I am. Don't worry about the condition I'm in. Thank you for sending what you sent. 
Yeah. Thank you for your prayers. Don't worry about me. Focus on Christ because I love it, Brother Mike. If I get out, I get out. And it's for the furtherance of Christ. If I don't get out, I don't get out. And it's for the furtherance of Christ. But in all of that, to to win him, to be found in him, you know, the the win, it's almost like it could be said that um, I count all things uh, but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, do you count them but dung? Because Christ has won me. Amen, brother. Yeah. 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 And then to be found in him, there's the (laughs) seeing ourselves in him. There's the part where we see ourselves in him. And Paul's not saying, yeah, this is what I did, and maybe y'all could come along for the (laughs) ride. No, he's saying, this is what I did, and this is what you do. You do. This is for you. And then he gets to that one, that I may know him. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I got it. Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead, Tim. I got to stop. I got to stop. Paul writes, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. Chapter 9, that was chapter 10 of Romans. Chapter 9, he says, For I could wish myself to be accursed for mm-hmm. my brethren in the flesh. Isn't that something? As much as Paul... So, Mike, that was so very good. Yes. What... Paul felt that way towards his kinsmen in the flesh. He felt that way towards these Gentiles yeah. as well. Yeah. They're yeah. as close to him as his own kindred. Yeah. And yeah. so he's yeah. he's saying in a way the same thing or, yeah. or having that same mindset that this, we all as the church of God, we all as children of God need to put ourselves behind us and Put on this mind of Christ, that mindset that he's trying to sell. He says, finally, you know, I, I read this. I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but I, I, I kind of like it. One, one commentator said that Paul was ready to close out this letter to the Philippian church at the beginning of the chapter. But then he got swept away by the rush of new thoughts to only catch on fire when he turned to what he had lost and how infinitely more he had gained in Christ. Yeah. I, like, I kind of like good. that. That's good. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, yeah. Is that yeah. akin to a primitive Baptist preacher? Well, <laughs> I'm going to close. And then 30 minutes later, he's still yeah. preaching. Yeah. Right? Oh, in the spirit, that's okay. But if the spirit's not there, don't say finally, my brother. Don't say that. <laughs> or that you're about to close. <clears throat> oh, man. All right. We didn't really say much about verse 11, <clears throat> which is okay because that kind of goes, I mean, it leads into yeah, the next it does. verses to follow. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, um, I'm not going to get into it because I think that will be good for next week. I'll read one more scripture, 2 Timothy 1 and 12, because I think it's it's a, a, akin to what, what yeah. Paul is saying here to, to yeah. Philippians. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Yeah. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Yeah. For I know yeah. whom I have believed yes. and am persuaded. That he is able to keep that keep which that. I have committed unto him Amen. against that day. Amen. Wow. My God, wow. like you, this is so rich. And I yeah. never knew. Never yeah. knew. Yeah. Outstanding. You haven't even gotten to my favorite verse. <laughs> <It's still laughs> <the good. laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give us uh, a hint, Tim. Right, Give us Mike. a hint. Yeah. Oh, Give oh, a hint. Give a hint. Verse 14. 14, 15? Uh, yes, yeah. Well, verse 13 and 14. 13 yeah. and 14, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. apprehension. I love right. I love the apprehension. Yeah. And It'll be the, appreh- wonderful, the apprehension in the press. Yes. 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 It'll be wonderful, yeah. Lord willing. <laughs> Man, that was great. Lord, Lord be praised. 
Amen. You know, for those of you who are wondering, why would Paul call Gentiles the circumcision? Look at Romans 3.25. That's right. 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 3.26, yep. 3.27. <laughs> He's not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Either right. right. You know, and circumcision, if it, one who's circumcised, if he doesn't live up to the standard, then his circumcision counts for uncircumcision. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, Paul has, throughout his letters, laid these uh, these paving stones, if you will, to, sh- to show how he thinks. And as these brethren have, have said, and as I've tried to say, Paul wasn't saying, look at me, look how good I'm doing. Wouldn't you like to be right? Right, Mark? He's not saying right. that. He's not, right. he's not saying that. He's saying, I want to try to matter in people's lives. I want to yeah. try to matter yeah. in the way that, that Christ mattered. <clears throat> Now you might think, well, how can you do that? That's no, we're getting you're getting the point, missing the point. Work out your own salvation with right. fear and trembling. That's right. right. That's right. And you yep. do that with the mind of Christ. That's how He did what He did. That's how we do. That's how we can live a life that's Christ-like. Amen. And in so doing, it doesn't. Tim, you're right. It, it's not about us. Our self-ego is put aside, and I never hope I forget your distinction between the two competences. Right. That was was really really good. Really good. good. That was excellent. Excellent. So we have a wonderful smorgasbord of things to discuss. Next week, we're going to try to get down. Let's let's just take again. We're going to, Tim's right, we're going to start with verse 11. Yeah, we will. And then we're going to go down, I don't know, maybe to try to the end of chapter. That may be a two-parter. We don't know. Y'all pray for us. And yeah. I, did, I did say this at the beginning, but please remember, this is just us talking. We're, we don't pretend to have a corner on the market of Philippians. Oh, no. uh, we, we, we think, if anything, we, we haven't even scratched the surface. We're sure right. we will say, it have said things. We sh- shouldn't have said it the way we said it. We've missed something that we shouldn't have missed. We're trying really hard to say the right thing, mm. to do the right thing. And, and having said all that, never forget, do your own study of right. God's word. And if you get anything good from this, you know, give the glory to God. Anything that offends, cast <clears throat> a mantle of charity please. over us, please. please. Amen. We love you all. And now let's have a closing prayer, Brother Tim. <laughs> Most holy, righteous, gracious, heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for for not deceived, dear Lord, in our hearts, for for being with us in our discussion tonight, for leading our minds and blessing our speech to to speak on those things out of the third chapter of the book of Philippians. How rich thy word is, O Lord. How beautiful, oh, the unsearchable riches that we find in thy word. We just thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the for thy word that thou has left us. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity to meet together with our beloved friends and 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 speak on those things contained in thy word. Lord, forgive us uh, where for in where we fail thee and in our shortcomings. We just beg for thy mercy every day of our life and pray for thy continued grace to to be bestowed upon us each and every day. Now dismiss us in thy care, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Say good night to the good folks back home, dear friends. Good Good night, night, everybody. Good night.